This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, 7.46 in the morning, 17th of January 2019. I'm joined by Joyce Ko and I'm Kuzo Chong. Now, time to look at the business news and this item about car sales in the newspapers. Now, the Malaysian automotive sector is expected to be flat in 2019, and that's a bigger reversal from last year's 3.8% increase to nearly 600,000 units. Now, the Malaysian Automotive Association uh, chief president was very much in the news yesterday. She called a press conference and all the journalists went there. Dato Aisha Ahmad said that the um, the expected flatness in new car sales in 2019 will be in large part due to the fact that the government is dragging its feet on approving car pricing plans, which will be thwarting uh, car manufacturers' uh, uh, new model rollouts. Yeah, and she pointed out that you know the slower economic growth, weakness of the ringgit, moderation in consumer spending, and stringent lending requirements for higher purchase loans were among the key challenges for Malaysia's automotive sector this year. But she adds as well that the introduction of new vehicle models and the continuation of aggressive promotional campaigns by car makers should sustain buying interest. And I think, Chuang, also last year we had that tax holiday that, um, you know, I guess a lot of people took, took advantage of that and ended up buying a, a new car. So That's whether right. because of that <clears throat> spike that might impact um, this year's, you know, whether or not we can still see an increase in car sales this year, total year, not sure. About yeah, that. Car, car, car sales will, re, you know, react to various, uh, re, you know, attractive uh, attractions and packages and policy decisions. Decisions mm-hmm. by the government, but specifically, uh, Dr. Aisha saying that um, the Ministry of Finance, in particular, has uh, refused to make decisions on uh, official car prices uh, that have been submitted by manufacturers. They say that um, it has been left the decision to a new government body under METI, known as the Automotive Business Development Committee, and of course, this committee include representatives from the Finance Ministry, from Customs, from Malaysian Automotive Institute, I think, Robotics and IoT Institute, MAI, and MIDA. So apparently they have been dragging their feet mm. on approving the prices that have been submitted by the manufacturers. And a lot of these cars that were apparently launched at the KL Motor Show, International Motor Show, have not reached the light of day because they have not had their car prices approved. Now, I wonder why though. Why, why, why is the government dragging their feet on approving the prices? Is there a reason for that or... Or um, is it just because of administrative issues and that's just taking some time? Or is it um, stuck because of an issue specifically? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, according to Aisha, Dr. Aisha, she said that the government officials are now holding back. They don't want to make any decisions on their own. Oh. It has to be a committee decision and that is, of course, not helping the industry. Um, I noticed the stories uh, in the newspapers don't get a comment from the relevant committee, which is this um, Automotive Business Development Committee. So I guess it's incumbent upon both the ABDC, um, mm-hmm. uh, in short, as well as MITI, or even the Finance Ministry to respond and so that the public and uh, stakeholders will have a better point of view and a, a, a more holistic uh, uh, reason why uh, the new cars are not reaching the markets uh, anytime soon. Yeah, well, if you look at uh, 2018 numbers, uh, the local TIV grew about 3.8%. That's the total industry volume grew 
about 3.8% to almost 600,000 units in 2018. That exceeded MAA's earlier forecast of 1.5%. So I think that tax break holiday that gave this, this boost is the cause of this boost. And uh, MAA's data showed that a total of about 598,000 vehicles were sold in 2018. Okay, and also another um, development um, and opinion from Dr. Aisha, which is not going to be positive for the car manufacturing industry, is the fact that uh, she doesn't feel that the end of life vehicle policy or the, or the cash for clunkers mechanism colloquially will be introduced in the upcoming national auto policy because it is, uh, remains a very sensitive issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, this end of life policy is really aimed at the rural sector because a lot of the cars that are being driven in kampongs and plantations and estates around the country um, basically clunkers have not been uh, certified as, as being roadworthy for, for, the, for the longest time and um, have not even been, uh, I guess, road tax, uh, paying road tax because they're just being driven in kampongs. Um, and I think the reason is because they, it's, it's sensitive is because the, the owners of these cars don't want to be forced to pay to, to sell their cars at a very low price and to then be burdened with a new um, huh. Car, um, loan, car loan, right? Yeah. Well, this end of life uh, was first policy was first announced in uh, the NAP 2006 roadmap. Three years later, the BN government introduced mandatory annual inspections for all vehicles exceeding 15 years of use. But the program was then postponed and that was brought back again in 2015, which saw the government and car makers agreeing to share an equal commitment about 5,000 ringgit for every vehicle scrapped. It's a very... Um sensitive political hot potato because mm-hmm. um, while it does make sense from a safety perspective from an environmental perspective from a, you know from a, from a, a, a development perspective um, it's very sensitive because I think more than half of cars in this country are over 15 years old mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people can't afford to buy new cars a lot of people can't afford to take on new car loans so even then uh, the old Barisa national government scrapped the plan even the current transport minister has shelved the plan for the, for, for the same reason yeah I I drove a 15-year-old car once and I mean, it was still okay, but I I get the whole concept of having to check the car to make sure that it's safe. I mean, that's good. But if the car still works and it's safe, I see no reason to change it. Yeah, both my cars are 27 years old Mm. and, um, you know, the maintenance continues to be financially cumbersome, but less cumbersome than a new car loan, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Also in the very same transport vein, um, the petrol card for B40s, uh, this fuel subsidy program, more developments on that front. Now, according to uh, the the, uh, developments that have been happening on that front, the government uh, wants to allow B40s or basically underprivileged 40% of of society to get petrol subsidies. Uh, but sources close to the matter saying that they want to have this subsidy in the form of cash okay. instead of in a targeted petrol card. But yeah, I mean, do you think this works though? Direct cash handouts, would they actually use that cash for, for fuel, right? Because if you have a petrol card, you must use it for petrol. That's right. So and it's the a only targeted thing you can purpose. use it for is petrol, yes. right? Uh, but if you get cash, then obviously that cash can be deployed to other non-fuel means, whether mm-hmm. it's cigarettes or alcohol or or uh, junk food or whatever. And that's obviously not optimal because you want to get that subsidy to the uh, less economically fortunate to get from point A to point B cheaper. Yeah, well, Chuang, according to the Petrol Dealers Association of Malaysia's President Dato Karul Anwar Abdul Aziz, the association also prefers cash transactions so that dealers don't have to bear the merchant discount rate costs. Because he added that implementation of a petrol card could create a backlog and congestion among users and dealers at the petrol station.
Poppycock is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, no, well, you know, come on. But petrol, How petrol, much will the merchant discount rate cost be? Yeah, I mean, it's less than 1%, yeah, right? right? And also, it's it's an administrative headache and they don't want to be going through all that. And it's, it, to be honest, it's cost, right? And we know that margins for petrol dealers are getting thinner and thinner by the year. They've just had their hike, but they continue to be under pressure because of the volatility of oil prices. But um, look, I mean, it's, it's so easy. You just... Stick in your card, the machine does its thing, and then you get your petrol, petrol. filled yeah. up. Right, but it's definitely that. better through a targeted um, way rather than cash, I think, because that might be abused. Okay, the economist Dr. Uh, Dr. Muhammad Abdul Khalid also shares similar views to the oil companies, saying that the proposed program should be tweaked first and that the criteria should be based on income, not engine capacity, right? Because mm, I think mm. rich people also buy hybrid vehicles. Yeah. And uh, they can well afford the higher petrol prices. Definitely, yeah. Um, but so it should be based on income. Well, Bumi Putra Petrol Dealers Association of Malaysia, Dato Abu Sama Banchi, uh, saying, noted that, you know, the onus is on the government to bear the potential additional MDR cost. That's the merchant discount rate cost. So I guess it boils down now to the cost of the system. And, and um, I think they're looking into the system. Is not is it confirmed yet? Or you're just looking into it first? Yeah, I think it's looking at it. Mm. And still very much in the same theme as the transport industry. Uh, the, uh, the the car manufacturer and part supplier, Tan Chong, uh, says it is reviewing its 500 million ringgit Bagandato Auto Hub project, saying that they're still assessing it. Um, it was announced just days before GE14, but Two now... Days. Yeah, mm. it was planned on the 338-acre site in Bagandato, which, coincidentally, or not coincidentally, was also the same constituency of the former Deputy Prime Minister, Dato Sri Dr. Aman Zahid Hamidi. So, before the elections, yeah, we're going to invest there. After elections, yeah, maybe not. Well, Tan Chung had said that they wanted to tap the North Corridor Economic Region growth when they announced the project and they had planned to invest about 100 million ringgit into land acquisition and phase one of the construction of the plant. And I think the plant was intended to cater for the rising demand of commercial vehicles as the company explored new export markets. Yeah, I guess the decision would be a lot easier if uh, sales is doing well, but Tan Chong, mm. which is primarily responsible for manufacturing Nissan cars in Malaysia, has seen their ranking drop. Um, both Toyota, Proton, Honda, Produa, and, um, you know, have all outranked Nissan in terms of car sales. And even for commercial vehicles, they're third in the segment behind Toyota and Isuzu, of all people. Mm. Well, the Nissan domestic sales, I think that fell from the peak of forty-two over 42,000 units in 2015 to uh, 27,000 units in 2017. So, yeah, that is according to Hong Leong Investment Bank analysts. Okay, we're going to be breaking off for the 8 o'clock news in a few minutes, but um, stay tuned because at 8.04, give or take, I'm going to be talking to the Climate Change, Energy and uh, Environmental Minister, uh, Yang Mohamad Yobi Yin, and I'll be asking her a whole raft of questions on the climate change and environmental front. So stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.